Uh, welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 240. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to do a little mini, uh, call it a redneck um, ballistics lesson. Yep. Uh, the moral of the story is if you want to defeat um, cover and concealment, get yourself a 240. <laughs> episode 240. Go to work. <laughs> uh, the other, the, the converse to that is if you are being... Um, Pinned down by something like a 240, uh, get behind concrete and call for mortars or artillery. Yeah. Amen. Get concrete or lots of dirt. Get 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 stuff. Get the earth between you and the 240. Otherwise, it's going to be a bad day. So yeah, and, and since the good guys generally have 240s, whatever you've done to irk them, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, kind of a redneck applied ballistics, guys. Um, so, so, so one of the conversations, this comes from specifically, I don't want to call it a gun crank diary because that's probably trademarked, but, uh, you know, across the counter at the gun store, um, Uncle Bubba, uh, who was in the NOM and, and worked as a police officer for seven minutes as a deputy in Georgia somewhere, um, you know, just get a shotgun, you rack it, they run away, everybody runs away when you rack a shotgun, even the devil himself runs away when you rack a shotgun, ask Charlie Daniels, he sang a song about it, you know, something about that. And it and and you will define the terms of your relationship with a bad guy by racking a shotgun because if they don't leave, then you know pretty much you've got somebody who's got some intent to be there. The problem in doing that is you've just given away your location. Um, most of us aren't real good at remembering that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Uh, when we choose to listen, we hear pretty well. Um, and, and that racking a shotgun is a very distinct metallic mechanical noise. And for those of us um, with auditory separation between two listening devices on either side of our melons are pretty good at picking up general directions of where sounds come from. If you are dealing with a legit real bad guy inside of your Mark I Mod Zero residential structure, um, i.e. two by fours made out of wood and drywall half inch thick, double layers, one on each side. Yeah. Um, it doesn't stop bullets very well. And if the bad guy doesn't care where his bullets go, but you have to make sure yours go somewhere safe, you've just told the bad guy where you are. Um, and said bad guy might have more gun than you thought or less concern about sending bullets anywhere he wants than you thought. Or both. Or both. And either way, um, that's going to put you in a bad position. So I'm not saying, you know, don't do the right shotgun, runs them off. Whatever. You do you, Bubba. Um, but there's a reality check. If, if I'm using the gun inside the home, um, I've, I've, I've caught out to the bad guy. If I know he's in the house, hey, get out of my house. I've got a gun. Um, leave. I'm calling the police kind of thing. Then if the bad guy keeps coming, that's up to him. The last thing you should hear is probably the safety snicking off in a really loud roar right before everything goes dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's just me. Um, so, but the conversations a lot in the shop, we, we talk about... Uh, use of certain weapons inside of structures, uh, over penetration, penetration, and stuff like that. Here is your your legal proviso and or warning: all bullets penetrate common building materials, likely better than you want them to. So I don't care what you choose. I don't say, oh, I'm going to use a 22 because it's less powerful and maybe it won't go into my neighbor's house, the apartment next door. Cool, probably will. Um, I'm going to use a 12-gauge slug, for sure, will. 
30-06 from Grandpa's Hunting Gun. Yep, going next door. 223 round with a really light frangible bullet. Still could. 9mm pistol round. It's a hollow tip. It'll open up when it hits drywall. Probably not. Um, it tends to plug with drywall and keep right on going just like hardball. Um, you know, so all these things that come into this conversation about what's the right round to use inside a structure. Um, the right round to use is the one that you practice with and you can hit the bad guy the most consistently with and is going to do damage to the bad guy and make him stop doing bad guy shit. Yeah, bad guys make good uh, bullet traps. Amen. So, having said that, certain things like slugs are likely going to go through. Um, Clint Smith was fond of saying bullets, pistol bullets put holes in people, rifle bullets put big holes in people, and shotguns blow chunks of shit on the wall behind them. Um, the problem is, is the pellets that went through might go through the wall too behind them and all that other kind of fun stuff. I'm not saying don't use a shotgun, I'm saying know what you're doing, choose your ammo selectively, understand what directions you can shoot your gun, set up your defensive perimeter within your home in such a way that if you do have to shoot and heaven forbid it misses or shoots through, you've mitigated to the best you can, the best extent you can, where those bullets are going because drywall and common building materials, external siding, vinyl siding, aluminum siding on a house does not stop bullets. Um, inbound or outbound, either way, Celotex and different, you know, sheathings yeah. and stuff like that do not stop bullets. So understanding this stuff, um, 12 gauge slugs, home defense, personal defense, probably a really, really bad idea. Uh, if you're a law enforcement officer and you want to keep a couple slugs in to stop a car, um, great. A slug in an engine block uh, might be a really good conversation in getting a car to not keep carring. Um, going to double out buck, really good on people, really good on critters, dogs, deer, etc. Um, but again, likely to overpenetrate, probably going to shoot through people, especially at close range. Um, definitely going to shoot through drywall, building materials, things like that. Um, dropping down to four buck, you will see a lot of police agencies, especially tactical teams, will have a guy who unfortunately has to be the dog guy. So he's probably running some kind of shotgun. Um, likely double out buck or four buck and that might often be shooter's choice um, the double out buck is more effective but the four buck is really effective and still is less likely to over penetrate having said that you shoot a residential wall at five feet with four buck it's going to come out the other side um you know and dropping down to six um, a lot of guys preach sixes so let's say you step outside and now that shot's a 25 yard shot and sixes aren't penetrating enough now you got the opposite problem. Yeah. So we're getting to the other end of the spectrum. And then saying, oh, well, I'll just load it up with hunting birdshot because, you know, it'll 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 go through the first wall, break apart, spread out the shot pattern, but probably won't go through the second or third wall. And that's likely true, but will it stop the bad guy too? Um, Greg Ellifritz has written a number of articles and they, they get rehashed occasionally. If you, what's his website or his business? Um, um, if you Google Greg Ellifritz, it'll come up. Yeah. He's a retired Upper Arlington police officer, um, super smart dude, uh, has written a lot, a lot of articles around ballistics, tactics, strategery, and whatnot. Um, and and there, he published a couple of different articles that have a number of incidences of bad guys getting shot by birdshot and not being stopped, not dying ever, not just not immediately. Um, and it not stopping the threat, even at relatively close range. So, um, you know, there's a sweet spot in there with something like four buck, you know, and maybe sixes, but I think oh, double lot and four are kind of the sweet spot, and maybe four if you're really concerned about ever penetration. Yeah. If you're in a residential area but houses aren't on top of each other, then definitely give yourself the double lot buck advantage if there's some distance there, if your home environment allows it. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. one of the other things with something like double lot, if you're running the nine pellet loads, which are most common, uh-huh. be aware of what distance that ninth pellet likes to go off and do its own thing. Yes. Just had a conversation um, on that specific topic uh, with with kind of one of our rabbis. Uh, this this guy's been in the defensive firearms world in the space for a long time. Um, done a lot of like more civilian based training opportunities like concealed carry and basic defensive stuff. Um, competitive shooter, etc. Uh, but a lot, a lot, a lot of training at, at some very respected facilities and organizations and took a shotgun class recently. And, and by the end of the class, everyone in that class understood why everybody wants federal flight control eight pellet. Because almost no matter what, even flight control nine pellet buffered is still going to throw that one pellet. And when you start talking about getting out to as close as 50 feet, um, and, and the next time you're at it, take a tape measure and measure the longest straight line distance you have in your home. Um, it may be 50 feet, but it probably is not. Um, measure that distance, but even at 50 feet, you're starting to see that one pellet come out of an 8-inch circle on an IDPA target, so you can't maintain that tight grouping. And then where's that pellet going? Translate that now or apply that now to law enforcement where you're shooting at a bad guy outside 25, you know, 25 yards. That one yeah. pellet's going over the shoulder off the bad guy. And the saying is every miss hits an under an orphan. Well, you've got nine opportunities to miss with the nine pellet load, whereas for some reason the eight pellet tends to stay a lot tighter and not throw one. So be aware of that as the specific example um, of applied external ballistics. Um, Know, know what your stuff is going to do. If you're running a shotgun, go pattern it with whatever you want to use and pattern it at distances so you know out to XYZ distance. You know, I've got, we, we have a don't rob us gun here in the shop and, and I patterned it out to about 50 feet because that's likely going to be the longest shot I'll ever take here. And I know that within 50 feet, everything's staying right where I want it. Beyond that, it makes me nervous about using that tool. Um, and so understand its limitations. Go all Clint Eastwood and be the man who knows his limitations. So... Um, applying that or, or, or juxtaposing that with the AR, one of the reasons we preach the AR is you're pushing one round down the tube at a time, putting it exactly where you want it. You don't have concerns about how much is the pattern going to spread, um, too much, not enough, etc. Um, and you're putting a lot of energy in a very small place out through a very significant distance, potentially 300 meters or more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the rifle, you know, we, we still push the rifle for a lot of reasons, one of them is accountability um, because it's one bullet at a time where you want it to go, in theory, as long as you do your job and the bad guy doesn't screw anything up for you too badly. Um, along with that, we kind of put a sharper edge on that and say not just any rifle round, but we really like the 5.56223 AR rounds. Um, very light recoiling gun, you know, all the conversations we had before. Lightweight gun, light recoiling, lots of ammo available on the gun, quick reloads. Um, it's not kicking the snot out of you. You can put optics on it easily. You can put lights on it easily. You can put slings on it easily. Um, you can attach an espresso machine if you need to. It's all right there. Um, when we start looking at the ballistics, if you choose ammo appropriately and run a relatively fragile, I won't say frangible because that is a specific thing, but a relatively fragile projectile, um, even out of some of the shorter barrel guns, the distances we're talking, the bullet's going to be going fast enough that if it hits human tissue, it's likely going to break apart and do nasty things. Um, 
So the gist of the conversation being, um, you know, choose your ammo wisely if it's defensive ammo that you're going to use inside of a structure and you don't want it to leave the bad guy or the structure. Um, there are definitely some options out there from different brand names. Generally, you're looking at a lighter grain bullet at a higher velocity and something that is not necessarily a bonded projectile, um, something that's made to come apart. Uh, yeah, you're going to lose some penetration. Uh, you got 28 to 30 rounds in the magazine, you know, or more. Uh, so if it's a lather, rinse, repeat on the bad guy thing, then lather, rinse, repeat until you don't need to. What's the saying? There's not many things a bill drill doesn't solve. Yeah. Well, with a rifle, that's probably triply true. Yeah. So, um, you know, understand that ammo selection. Also understand that if you go to, um, there's some branded ammo out there uh, from companies like Hornady, um, the TAP stuff, law enforcement stuff. Or uh, the, like the black SBR and, stuff. Yeah, the black SBR stuff. Well, and there's two different versions of the black SBR stuff, and one's decent for home defense. The other is really intended as an LE round. So like black versus 75 grain Hornady personal defense, short barrel. Um, but understanding that some of the rounds, a lot of what the manufacturers are looking at are what does the FBI say they want out of a rifle round? Well, they want a minimum of 12 to 14 inches of penetration. They'd like to see 16, but generally not even 20. So there's a fairly small window where they want that bullet to penetrate, expand, dump energy, do what it's supposed to do, but not over penetrate. At the same time, they have a projectile that a lot of law enforcement engagements happen around vehicles. So they want that round to be able to penetrate something like uh, a car door or auto glass or whatever. Yeah and still be able to hit the bad guy and do what it's supposed to do. That type of round in a home defense environment is gonna go right through the drywall and keep right on going and be just as lethal on the other side of it as it was at the muzzle more than likely. So, or as likely. So, you know, you kind of work your way through what you need out of that round. And for generally for most of us for home defense, I will take questionable penetration on tissue on bad guys. I'll take that, you know, that 12 inch, 10 to 12 or 14 inch performer um, over something that's going to penetrate 16 because I don't want it to go any further than it has to go. And again, back to the proviso at the beginning, everything can penetrate lots more than you want it to and probably will lots more than you want it to, but you can mitigate this. And if you look around in the world today and see like what tactical law enforcement around most of the U.S., they're using two, two, three short barrel guns, and then they may have two different rounds. They may have a round for vehicle interdiction, or for outside of a structure, and then they may have a set of rounds for inside a structure, um, more of that HRT mentality, um, where they don't want that round to go any further than they want it to go. Uh, so, you know, there's a reason they do that. There's an application to those things that's valid. And so, as we're talking about that kind of selection, again, run that round through your gun. Make sure that a, if you do want to run a heavy grain bullet, because your neighbors aren't close by, you want to run a 77 grain, you know, Mark 262 or the 75 grain Hornady Black or something that is a bonded type round that's gonna to stay together, still run those rounds out of your short barrel because a one and seven twist short barrel may not stabilize something lightweight, but it'll probably stabilize something heavyweight. Yeah. But even that is not necessarily a for sure thing. And if your gun won't stabilize the pet load, your pet ninja load that you like, you may find that you're not on a target at 50 yards, which that becomes a huge liability too. Um, so, you know, all, all these things are, let's test it, let's get out and verify it and do all those different things. And then if you have the opportunity, um, you know, to see what it'll do, you know, you want to build your own box of truth. Um, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, be careful. 
Uh, that Box of Truth brings up some other interesting sites besides ballistic stuff. Uh, Box of Truth was a dude who basically made walls, drywall and stick walls, 2 by 4s and shot through them to see what would penetrate what in the real world. Um, you know, you can build something like that and see, hey, what's this bullet doing on the other side of it? You, can, you know, law enforcement guys tend to do the same thing with, with cars and glass to show their guys, hey, yeah. <clears throat> the rounds you're using will do what you need them to do both inbound and outbound. So be aware of that. If you need to shoot out of the vehicle, great, shoot out of the vehicle. Uh, but if somebody's shooting at you, now you got a problem too. So solve it. Yeah. yeah. One other thing to consider uh, while you're doing this, you know, if you are playing around with different weight bullets, um, you probably want to take the suppressor off of your rifle. Yes. For the first four, five, six, ten rounds. Um, make sure things aren't keyholing. Yes. Make sure things are properly stabilized. Yes. Uh, before you try running the stuff with the suppressor. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 this is, this can be a recipe for things like baffle strikes. Yes. Um, so do be aware of that. Yeah. Buff, baffle strikes and cap strikes, etc. Um, as, as a, I, I will, I will throw out a very, very, very specific, uh, there used to be like a 50 grain VMAX 223 round. Um, one in seven twist guns would spin it apart, especially if the barrel was like a 14 to 16 inch barrel. Because um, it was made for a 22 or 24 inch bolt action rifle with a 1 in 12 twist um, to shoot groundhogs at 400 yards, not to try and punch holes in paper or bad guys at 15 feet with a little bitty gun. And it was notorious for coming apart inside of suppressors. Um, you know, uh, it, for the most part, wasn't a terribly big deal because it wasn't a like a bonded core bullet. So it just come apart and it would shoot yeah. things up, but not necessarily destroy the can. Um, didn't do it any good though. So, you know, definitely test that stuff out without the suppressor. If you, if you shoot a target at 25 yards with one of these rounds, with one of these, these very fragile projectile rounds out of a short or even a longer one and seven twist gun, and the target looks like someone sprinkled pepper on it, it's because the bullet came apart. Seen that happen. Um, yeah. if it, you know, if, if you go out and look at the target after four or five rounds and they're not perfectly round little holes, they're, you know, they're more like where the bullet turns sideways, that's what keyholing, um, you know, take a look and confirm all that stuff and make sure, because if it's doing that, it's keyholing probably pretty quickly uh, as it's leaving the gun. And that's a, that's a really bad thing with the can. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, guys, you know, like I said, these, these conversations come up on a regular basis, shotgun versus AR, uh, realistic ballistics, and, and we can push this conversation a little further. Um, into handgun rounds. Well, I already own a handgun, so that's what I'm going to use. Cool. Are you good with it? Are you competent with it? Um, being comfortable with it doesn't necessarily mean competent. And being competent with it still doesn't necessarily mean it's the best tool for the job. Um, I'm going to take a shotgun or a rifle over a pistol any day of the week in a gunfight, even with concerns about overpenetration, uh, etc., just simply because the energy projected onto the target is so much greater with the long gun. Um, having said that, if I only own a handgun, then I'm gonna be sure that I know where the bullets are gonna go. I'm gonna, again, try and choose ammo that will stop the bad guy most quickly and then become as good as I can be with the gun so that bad guys make good backstops, make good target traps. I wanna put rounds in bad guys and not miss to the best extent that I can and then understand as I you know, go through and walk your house. Walk it a number of different times. If I have to shoot from here, where's that bullet gonna go? If I have to shoot from here, where's that bullet gonna go? And then understand that I don't wanna be clearing my own house. I wanna hole up in a fixed position, call the police, and hopefully the bad guy you know, will go away 
and then if they come through the bedroom door then you know all bets are off but even at that point if I'm pointing the gun at the bedroom door where's the bullet gonna go if I miss and then from there if you've got to clear your house on your own best of luck to you um, we'll have a nice wake for you um, clearing your house by yourself against a bad guy is dangerous enough against multiple bad guys is uh, a fool's errand and it's going to be really tough on you not saying you might not have to do it but it's going to suck so understanding that where can you engage where you can engage to and know those things so it's your fortress understand its weaknesses yeah you know and its strengths and use them to your advantage um same thing goes with all the other systems like lights on the gun lights in your house you know at what place are you an advantage to flick on lights and light up the bad guy and not light up you know those things so Wargame it, baby. Wargame it. Mm. Um, things that stop bullets. Concrete. Concrete stops bullets. Um, great big planters in built-up urban areas that have trees in them and dirt and lots of concrete around them stop bullets really freaking well. Yeah, lots and lots of dirt stops bullets. Lots well. and lots of dirt, like hills. Um, yeah. A ditch has dirt around it on both sides. Being in a ditch is way better than not when bullets are flying. Um, actual concrete buildings, not steel structure buildings with fascia on them. Um, the fascia may or may not stop high velocity, especially heavy projectiles. Um, you know, they think there was a saying at one point that, uh, from somebody in the military about, I can stand in any built up urban area with a maw deuce and there's not much I can't shoot through. Yeah. 50 cal's wicked in that regard. 308's pretty damn good in that regard. 5.56 to a much lesser extent. Um, shotgun slugs are still pretty impressive around that kind of stuff. So buildings, you know, you can have a building that maybe has what looks like a granite facade on it, but that may only be an inch thick. And after the first round, it may not stop the next bullet and glass surely won't. So, you know, understand what stops bullets. Cars, cars do a piss poor job of stopping bullets um, even engine blocks and transaxles still are not a hundred percent they're not foolproof I don't they're even really know if they're 50% small. yeah they're, they're in, in nowadays real, yeah I yeah. mean in actuality all that stuff all the the thick heavy metal stuff on a car is really small today yeah it's not yeah there aren't big long three foot long v8 motors made of iron anymore they're they're a, a, a four-cylinder inline Honda engine block without the pistons and everything on it, a junior high kid can carry around. It's a chunk of aluminum. Yeah. There's not much there. And the same thing with the transmission, it's really lightweight aluminum alloy and, and it can frag and push stuff can go through it pretty easily too. Um, pillars, A pillars, B pillars, C pillars in cars, the cage of the vehicle is made to keep people alive. That's where the strongest steel is. And when you're as wide as I am, there's not much of it. So the car, is probably something to get the hell away from and find real cover if that's all you have now if you're a law enforcement officer listening to this well I just went through training and they taught us to stack pillars and blah 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 stack pillars stack bodies um, yeah cool um, that's definitely a thing because it's the best thing you have on you when you're along the side of interstate 70 and somebody's shooting at you that may be all you have to hide behind and it may be your job to stick around and engage the bad guy and put him in the dirt um, good luck to you and God bless you for doing it but that's some dangerous stuff right there and A pillars B pillars and C pillars even if you can stack them up um, man it it feels There's like not it, a whole lot of it yeah it feels like you're in that Schwarzenegger movie uh, where the fat guy that was married to Roseanne 
bar. Uh, what's his name? Tom the comedian. Arnold. Tom Arnold's hiding behind like a light pole, and the bad guys shoot at him with an AK, and it's just beating the crap out of the light pole. And when he's done, it's like this miracle, right? He didn't get shot. That's going to be what it's going to feel like. Um, it's better than nothing, and it's probably the best part of the car. And working pillars generally affords you the ability to stay on your feet, mobile, and visually see what the heck's going on. So there's a reason it's taught. It still doesn't make it a better option than getting away from the car and finding cover if you can, um, then find real cover. Concrete, dirt, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, even mild steel. There's a lot of guys out there that see something like plate steel. You go in a lot of restaurants and stuff like that today. That industrial look. There's steel plates bolted on the wall to look cool. Um, probably not, not going to stop, stop a rifle anything. round. Yeah. Probably not going to stop a rifle round. Might not stop a pistol round, but it's not going to stop a rifle round almost for sure. Um, you know, unless it happens to be literally boilerplate, which it's not. It's it's decorative. So, you know, chew on some of these things and understand that you know the 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 places you can hide are limited, and the places you should be shooting should be limited too. And and you know, put some thought and planning into that conversation. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good, clean, fun. Um, like I said, these are conversations that we like to have. Um, putting this one out there because it happens enough with people asking, you know, what, you know, why, why would I look at a, a rifle or shotgun over a pistol inside the house, and then wouldn't the pistol be a better option because it's less power, it's not going to penetrate as much as, you know, there's so much mythology out there, and so we kind of want to make sure that we slay a few of these sacred cows. Um, burgers for lunch? Yeah. Yeah, cook steaks. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, anyway, so so there's your little mini applied ballistics lesson uh, from in, in in pure redneck style. Uh, you know, as an OU alum, that's probably my speciality. So we're gonna roll. Yeah. It. Cool. Uh, on that note, as we come across interesting things, we do try to get them posted up to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we are Cap City Outfitters too. Uh, on our website, capcityoffitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Or send us an email to info at capcityoffitters.com and we will add you to our newsletter list that goes out on Fridays. Uh, yeah, and then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio, um, 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's. We're next to Louis Fusion Drill. Um, we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and then Saturdays, 10 to 3, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in.